to talk to you about a God-filled man. Every family in this room represented deserves and needs a God-filled man in that home. Every church, every church, every local church needs a church full of God-filled men. Every workplace needs a God-filled man. Every ministry in our church needs a God-filled man. Every community, every neighborhood, every city, every town needs a group of God-filled men. God has called you and I as men and Christian men, listen carefully, to be God-filled men. Men impacted by the power of God, influenced and filled by the Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, if you're with me this morning, say amen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth, or it desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, or led by the Spirit of God, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. In other words, he's about to give a list of the dominant characteristics of a life that is not governed by the Spirit of God. Now listen to this list. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, that means divisions, heresies, envying, murder. By the way, remember that in 1 John chapter 5, uh, God said that if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Murders, drunkenness. We could even include the word debauchery, or we can even, uh, the implication is being under the influence of anything other than the Spirit of God, which would apply not just to alcohol, but to illicit drugs, uh, to, 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 to any substance abuse, uh, even, even other types of addiction that influence your thinking and your behavior, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Revelings is a, a life literally out of control. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things, stop right there. They which, in other words, live a life characterized by these things, notice what God says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, a Christian, somebody that's a believer, their life, their pattern of life and pattern of living will not be characterized, and these things will not be the dominant characteristic of their life. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, stop right there, the evidence of a person that's Spirit-filled and filled with God, the fruit, the overflow, the product of a Spirit-filled person. Here we go. Look at these nine things. Love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, or trust, we would say, trust in God, meekness, temperance, which means self-control. Against such, there is no law. We have here a description in our passage that we read 
the dominant theme here, verses 16 down through verse 23, is a spirit-filled man, a God-filled man. And I want to say to you this morning that a God-filled man is a spirit-filled man. Listen carefully. You say, preacher, does every Christian have the Holy Spirit? Yes. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit. Now, not every person has the Holy Spirit. Only children of God are possessors of the Holy Spirit. But if you're a child of God and you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Now listen carefully. You have just as much of the Spirit of God as you've always had as a Christian. You don't get more of the Spirit of God. Now listen carefully. Spiritfulness is not about how much of the Holy Spirit you have. It's about how much of you He has. You see, spirit fullness is all about spirit control. So let me give you, first of all, from the text, the description of a God-filled man or a spirit-filled man. What does that man look like? What's a God-filled man like? What are some gauges we can use to tell whether or not we're God-filled men in this room? You're a God-filled teenage boy. You're a God-filled single adult young man. You're a God-filled daddy. You're a God-filled husband. You're a God-filled teacher. You're a God-filled employee. You're a God-filled boss. What does that look like? First of all, let me say this to you, that a God-filled man lives under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Say, preacher, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It literally, according to one scholar, it literally means, and the way it's constructed in the language, it means to walk by the rule of the Holy Spirit. Walk by the influence of the Holy Spirit. No wonder Paul in Ephesians 5, 18, he contrasted the influence of alcohol with the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because alcohol controls when you ingest it when you take it in and it gets inside of you it controls your thinking it controls your talk it controls your behavior it controls your attitude let me contrast that with spiritfulness and he says that if you're filled with the spirit you'll be influenced by the spirit you see, spirit control is about spirit influence. It's about the Holy Spirit influencing your behavior, your thought patterns, your attitude, your decision making. Everything about you is influenced, influenced. I'm under the influence. Let me ask you, were you DUI this morning? Were you driving under the influence of the Holy Spirit? You're like, well, I don't know now that you put it that way. I don't know. Were you TUI today? Are you talking under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Are you LUI? Are you living under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Are you thinking right now under the influence of the Holy Spirit? How about, how about this coming week? Are you going to live your life under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Where you, you operate by His rule, and it's really not you forcing yourself to do it. It's the Holy Spirit of God living His life through you. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. It's 
Christ who lives in me in the life I now live in the flesh. I'm living by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not I, but Christ. I'm not having to work this up. I'm not having to force this. It's the Holy Spirit because I'm a Christian. I'm yielding myself to his influence and his control. And I'm going to say this to you. If I'm a God-filled man, I'll be living under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. Ladies, if you're a God-filled lady, you'll be doing the same. But it means I'm going to live a life that's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but he says that a God-filled man manifests dominant Christ-like characteristics. Look down in verse 22. He mentions nine of them. Love. Are you a loving man? Are you a loving person? How about joy? Are you joyful? Do the people that know you the best know that you're a joyful person? Does that characterize you? Peace. Are you peaceful? Peaceful? Or are you always uptight and up in arms, easily agitated, easily ticked off? Somebody to record your conversations around your house or around the workplace. What if we played those this morning? Would you want everybody to hear it? Because would they be characterized by this list of love, loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering? That means you're able to put up with a lot of mess. That's what that means. It means you're not ticked off very easily. Does that describe you? Gentle? Are you a gentle person? Are you abrasive and rough? Well, bless God. Bless God, that's just the way I am. That's just how I was raised. That's just my nature and my nurture. I'm like my daddy. He is like that. I'm like that. Just because your daddy and your whole genealogy may be like that, it may or may not be right. Goodness, faith, it means you got great faith in God, you're trusting in God. Meekness, I kind of wish you hadn't put that one in there. Meek, power under control. And then he says temperance, that's self-control, where you have to, well, I'll tell you what. Say, why did you say that? Well, I just couldn't help it. It just slipped out. It just came out. I don't know why I did it. It just came out. It just slipped out. I don't know why I said it. I don't know why I acted that way. It just came out. Can I tell you something? That a person that's filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't just have slip outs. You see, all these things right here are characteristic of Jesus. The more spirit-filled I am and spirit-influenced and spirit-controlled I am, the more I will be like Jesus and I'll be less like myself. The spirit-filled man lives under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The spirit-filled man, the God-filled man manifests dominant Christ-like characteristics. The God-filled man is the opposite of the average ordinary man. I mean, here in verses 19, 20, and 21, he describes that long list and gives all these characteristics of people that are influenced not by Christ and not by the Holy Spirit of God, but by their own flesh. You see, when you're influenced by the Holy Spirit and you're filled with God, you'll be a different person. I love what Samuel said to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 10, uh, down in verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord, he said, will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. And watch this. And because of the Holy Spirit coming on you, you'll be turned into another man. 
I want to say this to every person in this room. If you miss everything and anything I say, I want you to hear me clearly today. That when you're filled with God, you won't be the same. Your wife will say, wait a minute. There's something different about you today. You're not acting like yourself. You're nicer than you normally are. You're more patient than you normally are. You're more loving. You're more kind than you normally are. I'm telling you right now, you're not acting like you normally do. You're not talking like you normally do. You're not thinking like you normally do. I want to say this to you today, my dear precious friend, that a God-filled man is going to be different. And Jesus, through his power and his influence, the Holy Spirit consuming us, he turns us into somebody different than what we are in the flesh. Now listen, it doesn't make us super Christians. We don't have to hop in a phone booth and come out in our blue and red cape and outfit with a big S on our chest for super. No, 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 that ain't how it works. (laughs) But when God's all in you and God's all over you, you're not the same. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Some of you in this room, you know what it's like to be around God-filled people. Can I get a testimony? Can I get a witness right now? God-filled people are different. His name was Christmas Evans. That was his nickname. His name was Christmas Evans because his his mama nicknamed him that because he was born around Christmas. He was an old evangelist. He lived a rough life before he got saved. They say he would look hideous just because there had been so many fights and all that kind of stuff. But God radically saved him. He was an evangelist. He would go from town to town preaching. And, pre- and look, one night they were expecting him to come and preach. The building was filled to capacity. And nobody could find Christmas Evans. And they, the men got to looking for him. And they, they came across this closet. And there was a man in the closet talking. And it was Christmas Evans. And he was praying. And one old boy put his ear up to the door, and here's what he heard. Now, Lord, I'm not going out unless you come with me. I'm not leaving. I can't leave this closet unless you go with me. I can't go in there and preach unless you go with me. I'm not going unless you go with me. And all of a sudden, the man heard Christmas Evans stand up, and he reached for the door knob to the closet door to open it up, and the man darted away and ran into the building, and he said, He's coming, and that other one's coming too. Would to God tomorrow morning, when your feet hit the floor, the devil said, Snap! Here he comes! And that other one's coming too. The Holy Spirit of God's all over him. Here he comes. He's not himself. He doesn't act like he normally does. He doesn't talk like he normally does. He's not impatient like he normally is. He's not hateful. He's not unkind. He's not crass like he normally is. He, 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 hey, God's all over him. That's the description of a spirit-filled man. I've got to ask you, are you that? 
Let me give you the danger to a spirit-filled man, a God-filled man. The danger. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. The flesh and the spirit, watch this, are totally contrary to one another. They fight one another. How many of y'all know that's true? Say amen real quick. They fight one another. My old depraved flesh does not want to do what that book says. I don't want to be nice. My flesh likes being a jerk. My flesh likes being hateful. My flesh likes being dominated by greed and selfishness and self-centeredness. A.T. Robertson said, that it's like a tug of war. That's what it means. The, the verse says that these are contrary to one another. Let me give you what I call some man traps. Now I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. This is not an exhaustive list, but this is just from personal experience, personal observation. Just through my experience and my reading now as a pastor and a man of God and trying to live for the Lord and serve Jesus and working in a local church for 25 years. I'm not an expert, but most men battle these things right here. I'm not here to argue with you at all. I'm just trying to help us today through the Word of God. These are blind spots that most men battle. I want you to hear me now. One of them is greed. A lot of men I know operate by greed. You know, this is revealed most often in the context of money. I'm not going to ask you how you handle your money, or God's money, should I say. But what's your attitude about money? Do you love it? See, God said the love of it is the root of all evil. I didn't ask you if you appreciate it. Man, I appreciate it. I didn't ask you if you use it. I use it. I didn't ask you if you save it. I save it. But do you love it? A lot of men I know, one of their blind spots is greed. Yours? Another blind spot for men, ambition. It's the next promotion. That's what gives you your willies. It's the next acquisition. It's the next possession. It's the next deal. I mean, oh man, it's the, it's the next. We're never satisfied. Ambition, ambition, ambition. It drives us. It fuels our ego. It makes us and causes us to compare ourselves with somebody else. It's a man trap. It's a blind spot. Lust is a man trap. It's a blind spot. It's a desire for that that God has set as off limits. That's what the word lust means. It most often is revealed in men through sexual desire. I didn't just surprise you by what I just said. Every adult man in this room knows that that's one of your blind spots and one of your trouble spots. I, you might be, <laughs> okay, you don't have to amen that. I know it's true, and so do you. Lust. One writer said that in our culture, our generation, when it comes to this area of lust, 
that pornography is the greatest man killer alive. And that's right. How's your battle? I want to say this to you today. There is victory in your battle, and that's why I'm saying it. Thank God. God's given us the keys to get out of jail in all of these. And then anger is another man killer. It's a blind spot. That's when your spirit comes to a boiling point, to a point of outburst. Now, men, hear me, hear me. Look at me. Are you with me? Say amen. Men. things don't go like you want or expect how do you react don't look at your wife or your kids right now because most time with the average man it's the wife and the kids that that anger boils over on now I'm not saying you hit them I'm not saying that you're physically abusive, but every man in this room knows what it is to lose his cool with his family. Well, I doggone it, I just had a bad day. Everybody has bad days. But the Spirit of God will lead you not to take it out on your family. Amen or all me. You see, the Spirit of God will so influence and so control you that you will react contrary to anger. You'll react with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, patience, faith. There's some men, and you can blame it on your blood pressure. You can blame it on all kinds of things. You can blame it on the color of your hair. You can blame it on your parents. You can blame it on your grandpa. You can blame it on whatever. You could blame it on the fact that you are Irish or that you're whatever. You can, I, I, I don't care what we want to blame it on. We can blame it on how we were raised. We can blame it on that we're mad at our daddies for whatever. We can blame it on all kinds of mess. But I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It comes back on us as individual men. If we're saved, if we're born again, you have the presence and the Spirit of God inside of you. You, you and I don't have to act that way. It's time, literally, we man up and stop blaming something else or somebody else for the fact that we're not God-filled. Just go ahead and own it today and say, you know what, I am a Christian. But man, I don't allow the Spirit of God to influence me like He desires. You're not alone. Listen to what the Bible says, Proverbs 29, 22, an angry man stirs up strife, a furious man aboundeth in transgression. So your anger hurts others. I found this, that what blinds a man most often binds I close with this. I'm done. The demand of a God-filled man. It's needed in every home. 
in every marriage, in every church, every workplace, every neighborhood, every city. Every wife needs a spirit-filled husband. Every child needs a spirit-filled daddy. Every church needs a spirit-filled layman. Every employee needs a spirit-filled boss. Every employer needs a spirit-filled worker. And I could go on and on and on and on this morning, and I just got to ask you a question. Man, sir, brother, listen to me. Are you filled with God? I know there have been times in my life that I have been, but unfortunately I know there have been many times in my life I have not been. I'm going to ask you this today. I'm going to ask every man in this. I've I've preached the word. There's no doubt this is biblical. There's no doubt God has spoken. The question is, what are we going to do with it? I'm going to ask you, because I believe every decision, spiritual decision, begins with prayer. I'm going to ask you this morning, will you pray? I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are. And I'm going to ask you to come join other men who will come and hit this altar if you can. If you can't, just sit on the front pew or just get as close as you can. But pray and ask God to help you be a God-filled man. Controlled by His Spirit. Influenced by the Holy Spirit of God. As we empty ourselves of self and give ourselves afresh to him every day. Every wife in this room may want to come. If your ladies, 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 if your husband comes forward, won't you come with him? Won't you come with him and say, God, help me to be a God-filled wife. Help me as he's trying to be a God-filled man. Help me to be a God-filled man. Some of you parents may see your young men, your teenagers come. Why don't you come join with us? Some of you teenagers may see your daddies and mama come for. Why don't you come? And what will it look? What, what, what would happen? What would happen if everybody, everybody under the sound of my voice this morning just got on fire again?